This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 263 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Crowdfunding the horses. Now there's an idea. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Road to the Horse and Equisketch.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, I have a cold, so I'm apologizing for my voice, my sneezing, and my coughing. I'm going to keep my hand on the mute button as we record this. Okay. Does that mean... So are you recovering from the cold? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, over the weekend, it was terrible, and I couldn't even do the show yesterday morning. And of course, Jamie and Jennifer picked on me mercilessly about that and what a whiny baby I am. So, Well, I and the whining continues because my next question was, have you gotten most of the whining out of the way? Yeah, yeah I think I've gotten it out of the way now. So My wine tolerance is very low. I think I got it from that stupid airplane. Every time I go in an airplane, I get, get a cold. It's well, you know, maybe it's just that every time you go on an airplane, you're going someplace where you shake a lot of hands. Well, I said to Jennifer, see, this is what I get for leaving the studio. If I, I you know, normally we never leave the house and that, I never get sick. But. The boy in the bubble. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Our little Florida bubble. Hey, we have a great show planned for today. You know how we used to do those Twitter episodes when Twitter first came out and we get like 10, what, 10, 15 uh, different companies on that had Twitter accounts or farms or whatever, and we'd give them three minutes each, and they'd have to bang, bang, bang them out, and uh, they'd have to. They had to three minutes to tell us about themselves. Yeah, that was some high speed talking. Yeah, it was kind of fun. We didn't need to try and do one of those again because Twitter's as popular as ever. Yeah. So we'll have to try and do that. One I again. even use it now. I know you didn't. You didn't even know what Twitter was when we first started. This. I did too. I did too. <laughs> I here's what I have to say is Twitter rose to the occasion, and they made a lovely back-end upgrade where you could connect your Facebook posts with your Twitter account. Yes, yes. So technically, I don't have to do, I don't ever have to log into my Twitter account. Yeah. Well, that, that is a trick that we used to. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, I do go to Twitter occasionally. I'm always surprised that there's actually people talking to us on Twitter, and I have to respond. So I, I need to do that more often. But Yeah, actually, me too. Oh, man, you just... <laughs> I know, more work. More work. The social media stuff. Anyway, uh, so what we're going to do today is a little twist on that, is one of the things that's becoming very popular right now is crowdfunding. And what is crowdfunding? People have heard of Kickstarter. And we've helped a few Kickstarter projects along the way. Templeton Thompson, doing her CD, was one of the first ones we helped. Uh, and we got her over her goal. And uh, we've we've talked to, to to a couple of other people, but I thought, let's take a look at all the ones going on right now, right this minute, and let's get a couple of them on and give them all like seven minutes to to give their pitch. And uh, and then, you know, if people want to support them, they can. So that's what we're going to do. We have three of them lined up for today. They're all a little different. I picked one of the many, many rescue organizations that is trying to crowdfund. I think there should be crowdfunding for my new little pony. What do you think? Do you think I could raise like a million dollars to help yeah. support my little oh pony? Oh, my God. He's so Scoot cute. Out. I mean, if I did a little video, you know, and I uh, had them all looking pitiful and then have them all looking better, you know, I could, I could, uh, I could crowdfund Scooter. You I could, could sell shares of stock in Scooter. If you, you could raise money by wearing breeches. <laughs> If you can raise interest by wearing breeches, you could raise money by highlighting Scooter. He would totally make money. He's just like, he's your cash cow. That's, he's, that's right. I need to use that. Your cash cow is a pony. What could the project be? Just feeding him is the project. Feed, the, feed Scooter. Well, how about a goal? A million about, dollars to feed Scooter for his lifetime. And and you could buy a body part. You can own that. You can own the ears. You, could you can buy a body part. <laughs> That's, right. That's creepy, kind of cool. 
I'll put, I'll put little post-it notes all over him. Who owns what? You know, I want his ears. I want his ears. <laughs> he does have cool ears. We his ears are curly on the top, which which I kind of like. I've never had a curly-eared horse before. <laughs> uh, that's all coming up on today's show. So, and a, and a product. We have a product that we saw over at Ada. Uh, one of gazillions yeah and this was fun actually i've been wearing it ever since we got them at ada she gave us all one so i've been wearing them but uh we'll be back in just a minute right after we talk about something that we're very excited about and that's our new partnership we're a media partner with road to the horse so we you know it, this is something that uh we've been working on for a long time tammy over to western radio show helped us get this arranged we're actually a media partner now with Road to the Horse, and we're going to be highlighting some of the Road to the Horse things that are going on all year long. And then we're going to Road to the Horse on March 14th through the 16th of 2014 at the Kentucky Horse Park, and we're going to be broadcasting from Road to the Horse. So we're very excited about that. They've been very good to work with, Tootie and the gang over there. And, of course, we had Tootie on the show. We, we talked about Road to the Horse years ago here on yes. Stable Scoop. Yeah, she was a great guest. Like a really good guy. And that was when it wasn't such a big deal either. You know, it's grown a lot in the last four or five years. And now it's a huge deal. It's the highlight of the year for in, in that world. Yeah. So uh, don't miss Road to the Horse International 2014 at the Kentucky Horse Park, March 16th, 14th through the 16th for the World Championship of Colts starting. Watch Dan Steers from Australia, Antoine Clo from Switzerland, and Jonathan Field from Canada. We've had Jonathan on the show, too. And the first ever Road to the Horse wildcard competitor face off to see who will walk away with the title of world champion. Watch, learn, and be inspired to reach a higher level horsemanship at Road to the Horse. Plus, enjoy their large largest shopping experience yet. Find out more at RoadToTheHorse.com. So let's go into our rapid-fire crowdfunding projects that we have selected to highlight today. And these are from two websites. Kickstarter and Indiegogo are two of the websites that are really popular for crowdfunding. And what crowdfunding is, if you have never heard of it, is it's a website where you put up, you have to put up a video and a description of what the project that you want to do, and you're trying to raise money to do the project. Some of them are inventions that they're trying to get it built. Uh, uh, you know, there's been watches and, you know, all different kinds of things. A watch, actually, was the one that raised the most money at $10 million. But uh, so you post whatever you want to do on this crowdfunding source like Kickstarter, and you try and raise money to do it. Now, they work differently. Kickstarter requires you, you set a goal, let's say I want to raise $1,000 to do whatever. You have to reach that $1,000 to get to keep any of it at Kickstarter. So if you don't reach 1000 you don't get the money, you don't do the project. Okay. And Indiegogo has an option where you can keep the money even if you don't raise the whole amount. Oh, all right. Yeah, which I kind of feel that way too. So, yeah, I like. Yeah, the Kickstarter's got it. That's it, good. It's it weeds out the not so serious. Exactly. I kind of feel like you do. I'm kind of a little leery. We have a little bit of both today. We have some that are fixed funding, which means that they have to raise it all, and some that are not. So we'll we'll talk to them about that too, and find out what their plans are there. Because you you, you worry that if they don't raise the whole amount, that they aren't going to do the project. That they still have your money. Right, um, And th this is where the disclaimer comes in on behalf of our lawyers. We don't know the validity of – I know the validity of one of these groups that we're going to talk about today. The others I just found on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, just like you would if you were out there looking yourself. Use your own discretion before you give anyone money. I'm not recommending you give these people money. We're just highlighting them today. Is that clear enough? Think? Crystal. Okay, good. <laughs> make that clear. If you lose your money, it's not my fault. You go check it out yourself. If you lose your money, That's it's right. not my Some fault. Some people have lost money because they, the, you know, they, they, they get funded, but the product never gets made, or you know, whatever. So, well, you know what? Everybody wants to be an investor, right? But really, it's called gambling. That's <laughs> so. right. This is a gamble. It's just like investing in in stock in any company. You're you're gambling that they're going to go through with the project and actually do what they say they're going to do. You're gambling. Yes, but there's risk assessment. And if you, this is what I like about Kickstarter though, is, or these crowdfunding campaigns is that you can, you have the opportunity to, to assess the company, to assess the project and the project leader's ability to um, actually follow through with some amount of success in the project. You know, and in the investment world, you're looking at data, you're looking at numbers and, analyst reviews and stuff like that. But here, it's more of a personal assessment. But I think Kickstarter does a really good job of um, 
allowing you, the individual fan or supporter, to find out more about the project. And usually if you're in an, in the initial wave of a Kickstarter project, they're going to give you something for you're going to get one of the items or, you know, you're going to get something for it. Like with Templeton's, you got the CD and the more you gave, the more she gave you. Yeah. So um, the risk is a lot. It, it's, it's not a huge risk, you know, yeah. I mean, and, as and long with, as you're not spending The ones thousands. I've done, I've done three or four have all worked out. So, you know, they have worked out. Um, although I know some people have put some in that ones that haven't worked out. So there are both sides to that. Well, let's get started. They each have seven minutes. And we're going to start with Virginia Hastings of Starshine Video Productions, who has an Indiegogo project. And what we're, I've ordered these from the ones who are asking for the most money to the ones who are asking for the least money. And this one is asking for a lot of money, $156,000 they need. Wow. And it's a fixed project, which means they have to get to the $156,000. And it's currently at $8,100. So there's a long way to go. Let's talk to Virginia about what her project is. Well, hi, Virginia, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi there, Glenn. Thanks for having me. That's great. Well, you know, when I was looking through all of the different, you know, crowdfunding projects there are available on Indiegogo and on Kickstarter, there there are a lot of different ones, and a lot of them do revolve around wild horses, mostly the Mustangs here in America. We've had done a number of shows on 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 that issue. And when I saw yours, I went, wait a minute, I didn't even know that Canada had any wild horses. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we have a ton of Canadian listeners who, you know, some of them might not even know you have a lot of wild horses. So, right. Yeah. yeah I, I was just going to say that a lot of, a lot of Canadians don't realize that we have wild horses either. So, I mean, I, I didn't realize that we had wild horses until I started, um, researching it a couple of years ago and 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 most people when i tell them what i'm up to they have their eyes just kind of glaze over and they have no idea that we have wild horses well tell us about the wild horses that you do have um and i understand there's not a whole lot of them left no there's not so we have in canada we have um different pockets of wild horses in several different provinces but they are protected provincially and in Alberta, they don't have protection. So that's the one, it's one pocket where they, there's just, there's nothing for them. Um, and so that is really what I'm trying to raise awareness on, trying to create a documentary that really speaks to, speaks to all of the issues um, that are happening in that province and uh, raise some awareness so that people can uh, can go into a theater, find all the information about the wild horses in Alberta in one concise film, and and leave feeling like they have all the information to make a proper decision on their own on where they personally stand on the issue. So, um, yeah, in Alberta, there's 700, approximately 750 wild horses left, and they share a large, large plot of land, of crown land, that has several natural resources on it. So there's gas lines, there's logging, and then there's cattle lease holds for ranchers. And then there's this and of small... Course the, of course, they want the horses off because they're eating ranch land. Yeah, and that, and that you know, that is their theory, and there's so many arguments based on science on how horses just simply are such a smart creature that they don't, unlike cattle where you physically have to herd the cattle and move them over so that they will graze on different um, acres of grassland before they chew it right down. Horses, especially wild horses, they, they're aware that, you know, if they ruin that turf, they won't have food to go back to. Like, so, so they're, they're a smart animal in terms of they, they continue to move when they're grazing. They, they don't just pick a spot and, you know, kill all that grass. But that's where a lot of arguments come in um, with the uh, the government. And so there's really, there's four sides really to the story. There's the advocates, there's the scientists, there's the government, and then there's really just the general, you know, the ge- general citizens and, and population of that area who want to see them saved. And and I think that everyone in that pocket, they all have really valid points. I even think that the government has valid points. But um, right now, if you want to learn anything about these horses and you go online to Google them, the information is all so divided and it's all over the place. <laughs> like there's not an easy, there's not one easy location to go and find a non-biased um, 
opinion on uh, with a, like collective information with all the information that's that's needed. Um, and that, and to that's really and that's what you're trying to do here uh, with your yeah. with your fundraising project yeah. is actually put a, yeah. a a documentary getter called Lost in the Wind or Lost the yes. Lost the Wind Lost lo- Lost in the Wind Lost in the Wind. Uh, so you're yeah. trying to put the documentary together to talk about this and to raise awareness for this issue. And now I, I have to say that uh, you have an ambitious goal. I mean, your goal is higher I than do. I've seen for most documentaries is one hundred fifty six thousand dollars. What will the money be used for that people, you know, that people don't? Um, yeah, the money, um, the budget is completely transparent. It's all online on the on the Indiegogo site, so people can actually see where the money is all going. But it's really the bottom line for me as a filmmaker. I I have made I have made several documentaries out of my own pocket and tried to make a go at it that way. The challenge with that is that when you get to the other end and you've got your final product. If it's not a high enough quality and not a high enough film grade and not a high enough, just, you know, like great music and all of these things, it won't, it doesn't sell and it doesn't make it into film festivals and it doesn't get bought by TV stations. So, so my whole budget is revolving around doing, producing a proper high end, properly done, um, hiring proper cinematographers and sound people and having music compositions done so that this actually will sell after um, a, a lot of documentary filmmakers when they're first getting started, they really neglect the fact that, Oh yeah, after the fact, there also needs to be a budget to properly market this so that I didn't just go and waste people's dollars and waste people's time, but now I've got a product and I've got money left to, to market it. So there's also a large um, $10,000 of that is just for entry fees to film festivals. And then there's a large portion for properly marketing the film after as well. So it's it's the the budget is large, but it's properly from a business point of view, it's properly thought out, so that you're making a pro- a product that will actually have room and money afterwards to sell. Yeah, no, and, and that's what needs to happen. It <laughs> Otherwise, is what, it just ends up on a shelf in my living room, you know? It is what needs to happen because we've seen so many that, you know, we've talked about over the years here on the show. We've seen so many uh, of these films get made and nobody ever sees them. Uh, you know, they're just, no, they're, they're people not really, out there. Yeah, people Buck really the neglect exception. the importance. I think Buck is, the, ex- Buck is the exception. Yeah. But, but they had money dedicated to marketing. Um, yes. They did the marketing correctly. Uh, so yes. yeah, and that was a huge, you know, that's a huge Hollywood um, budget too, like much larger than the budget that I am working with. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's just important for people to understand that. You know, I've had people say, "Oh, why don't you just make it for free?" I'm like, "Well, that's great. I I can maybe go and do some filming for free, but I don't have I don't have the money personally to go and spend after marketing it. And and there's no point in telling a story if no one's going to hear well, about it. And you know, what people don't realize is you have to pay rights for all the music you use, and you know, you're yeah. you're paying for all of those little bits and pieces that you know a lot of people don't realize yeah. you have to do that. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people don't realize just the caliber of the, the caliber of quality of film, if it's not up to a certain caliber, then you can't even enter a lot of really important big name film festivals. So it's great. It's all fine and dandy to go and enter, you know, smaller film festivals. They obviously count too. I mean, I, I'm not knocking them down, but if you really want to get attention and you really want to get the word out, you really do have to go to mainstream festivals and, and having a proper budget will allow you to even be entered into these categories. Without that, they won't even accept your film. Well, and you do have it set up, I I see on Indiegogo here, that you do have it set up that uh, uh, it's fixed funding, which means uh, that if you don't raise the whole 156, you're you're not taking anything, basically. Um, Right. You have to raise the whole thing or you're not going to do it, which makes people feel Mm -hmm. a little bit more comfortable, I believe. I think so. Um, Yeah, I mean, really, the whole idea is that if I don't raise this money by September 6th, everyone will be refunded what they've donated. So it's a, you know, you don't, you don't lose. And I chose, I I could have chosen to do it differently, but I, I've already tried to gain money through grants and um, larger corporate donors over the last year and a bit. And, And it's just such a competitive, there's so many filmmakers asking for money. So it's such a competitive market. So the fixed funding idea 
I didn't want to have $60,000 donated and then be stuck feeling really, really responsible for trying to make a film from 60000 that I just know that I can't do. Right. Um, so that I was why that was I chose smart. the fixed funding. And for those yeah. that don't know, too, or have never done this before, it's Indiegogo. You actually don't receive any of the money until the end date. Then you, you'll receive... You'll receive your money if it if it hits the goal. If it doesn't hit the goal, it's Indiegogo then that turns around and refunds it. So it's not. Yes. It doesn't fall back. You don't have to. You don't have to count on Virginia. You know she's a nice lady, but you don't have to count on that. That's that's Indiegogo yeah. that holds it in escrow and then uh, either distributes it or or gives it back. So that's right. There's a lot less to worry yeah. about there. You know, and these mm-hmm. are all things that people should think about. You know, and then they they yep. should take a look at. Well, th- mm-hmm. uh, we're going to post a link to this. It's called Lost in the Wind. And, uh, it, you know, I, I think it's a fascinating topic that we have not talked about here in, in 3,000 episodes on this network. So <laughs> I'm glad that we were able to highlight it a little bit. Go watch the video. The video is beautiful. And uh, that's that's on the Indiegogo site. It's open. Uh, you, you got a long way to go here, girl. Uh, you. <laughs> you're almost at ten thousand, but we so we we're almost a tenth of the way there. Uh, we need yeah. uh, we need to help you get a few more dollars, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll post a link to it on our Facebook page and also over on Stable Scoop. And we appreciate you being here. Awesome! Thanks so much, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships, and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Well, the next one up for our little seven-minute look at a fundraising project is out of Indiegogo, and it's with an old friend of the Horse Radio Network, Debbie Metcalf of Stolen Horse International. We have talked to her a million times. We love her. She helps people whose horses have been stolen find them again and has had success story after success story. We've highlighted her on all of our shows here on the Horse Radio Network. She's a wonderful woman and really devotes her her life in doing this and really doesn't get much out of it except, you know, she really puts in a lot of her time and effort and money to to help others. So we're going to find out what she is trying to raise money for. She has a goal of $10,000, and she's currently at 268 So this is another one that we need to, uh, we need to find, find out uh, how long she's got yet and whether we're going to make it to this goal. Well, hi, Debbie, and welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me. You know, we so glad to be here. We've had you on many times talking. Usually, it's an emergency situation where a horse has just gone missing, and we're looking for one. You know, it's usually an Amber Alert or whatever. What do you have a like an a, like an Amber Alert name for missing horses? Uh, yes, we call it the Net Posse Alert. There you go. Uh, Net Posse Alert. There you go. All right. I've seen those. short for the Internet and Posse for going after the bad guy. There, I like that. Oh, well, yeah. Well, tell us now. You, we're only giving you seven minutes, so I don't want to take it all myself here. So uh, so tell us what is your project and what are you trying to raise money for right now through the through crowdfunding? Our project is called the Idaho Project, and which is named after our horse, Idaho, who is the inspiration behind Stolen Horse International. She's the first horse that was stolen and an alert sent out on the Internet back in 1997. You know, we have Idaho home, but we are always looking for ways to, to educate the public and to provide more awareness so that this project is to help us make a film that will do that. And we need lots of help. But we also have to do it pretty quick because Idaho is now 28 years old, and we found out a couple of months ago that she has cancer. Hmm. And 
you know, she won't be with us, you know, for a long pre-production schedule. So we, we need to start shooting in September, which means we got to fund things pretty quick. Now, Idaho went missing. Tell us Idaho, a little bit of Idaho's story. I know we've talked to you about that before, but uh, and it really was, you know, you were doing this back in 1997 when most of us, a lot of people didn't even have internet at that point. Uh, so it was, a, it was a little tougher back then than it is now. <laughs> Facebook did not exist. <laughs> Actually, in 1997, I didn't even know how to send an email or what the internet was. <laughs> uh, I was like everybody else, and somebody kept telling me to go, to one of my geeky friends kept telling me, go to the internet, go to the internet, things there. But there wasn't everything there. And so I learned how to send an email. I learned how to harvest emails is what I called it back then. And I sent our letter to everybody I could send it to on the internet. And it can, it asked people to help us find our horse, Idaho, and to send it to their friends and ask them to send it to their friends, which is still what we do today with our alert system. And Idaho was found 51 weeks later and brought home with the help of this system. Wow. Cow, after, 51 after, weeks. 51 very long weeks. And, and weeks that we as a family will never get over. And since we work with victims every day of the week, we know exactly what they're going through. You know, other people look at it and have all different kinds of thoughts, but you can never really understand it unless you've walked in those shoes. And many of our volunteers are victims, are people that have recovered their own horses. So we have a group, a support group, actually, of people who understand that of the 40,000 or so horses that go missing each year, that they have a chance of being one of them. You know, we've had your support group is not only people who found their horses, but people who haven't are still part of your support group. And, and we've had several of them on our shows over the over the years as well. That's true, and if they haven't found their horse, you know, they're always looking. It doesn't matter if the horse is gone for a week, two, two months, two years. They, they never quit looking. As long as the horse can be alive, there's always a chance to bring it home. And we proved that last summer with a horse that was, had been on our site for 10 years and was found just because she was on our site. That's wow. right. I remember covering that story. There really was 10 years later, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually a he too, and his name was Opie. Yeah. What What's the num? What do you find is the most um, common reason that people steal horses? Why do they steal money? Just quick money. Steal them and then turn around and resell them. That's the first. That's the first thing we see, and that's the most common. And some people will say, "Well, horses aren't getting very much these days." But you know, you got to look at it from a thief perspective. Uh, it doesn't matter how much they get for the horse. Whatever they get is more than they had. That's a good point. So now you're trying to raise $10,000, um, and wh- what will the money be used for? The money will be used to to actually pay the crew, pay all the expenses for the first part of the shooting with Idaho. You know, it's, we're, you know she's the catalyst for what we do. And so we do want to get her on film and to get her message out so that it sets it up so that we can help other victims uh, in the film also. But, you know, people want to see Idaho because she's the first and the only one that, you know, is behind this organization. So it goes to paying for all the cost of filming. And since we're trying to do a real good quality product, I've found out that that's not cheap. No, it isn't. That's (laughs) for sure. Not if you're trying to do it right. Well, this is called The Idaho Project. You can find it on Indiegogo. We'll post a link to it there. But you also have a website, correct? Yes, we have. You know, because people, some people had problems with Indiegogo with their teams. We've just launched a new website. Uh, it's a crowdfunding uh, website also, but it's ours. And it's called theidahoproject.com. And people can go on there and very easily, you know, donate. They can set up a team uh, to... They can set up a team, too, there. And we've made it so simple for them to do that. But either one's great. We would love to have support on either place. Very good. And we'll post links to it, as I said, on our Facebook and also on our show notes at stablescoop.com. Well, Debbie, thank you once again for doing the work that you do. 
the whole horse world, I think, has heard of you by now and really appreciates all the efforts you put in. You know, we always say that one person can make a difference, and you certainly have over this. Since 1997, you've been making a difference with a lot of people in, in this country and other countries, too, helping them get their horses back. Well, that is our motto. Never underestimate the power of one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> thank you, we, Debbie. We've had that since 1997, and thank you guys, too. Our pleasure. Good luck with all your work. We'll be behind you. Okay, thank you, Helena. Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride. Okay, our final quick look at uh, Quick Starter or Kickstarter. Quick Starter. See, we should start one called Quick Starter. Um, Quick starter. <laughs> I'm sure somebody already has. Yeah. That's a cool name. Kickstarter or Indiegogo project. This one happens to be a Kickstarter project. It's Darlene Nickerson from Black Feather Horse Rescue. Now, when I looked, uh, when I put these together over the weekend, there must have been a dozen of them that were going from horse rescues, which, you know, you obviously could figure out that they're trying to raise money for their horse rescues. Right. This one I picked because, one, I saw in the video that the horses were fat and happy. <laughs> um, the other animals on the farm that she showed were fat and happy. And she's trying to raise money to do something that's a little bit different. Uh, she'll tell us about that. She has an $1,800 goal, so it's a little less than the others. And there's 405 pledged, so she's getting getting uh, closer to her goal. Let's talk to her. And she's out of Plymouth, Massachusetts, where I used to live. All right. Yep. Well, hi, Darlene. Welcome to the show. Hi, and thank you very, very much for having me. Now, as we mentioned, Darlene is a Black Feather Horse Rescue in Plymouth, Massachusetts, uh, where I used to live for a little, bit, a little while. Beautiful place. And now you've had this rescue open since 2004, and you're just now doing a, a crowdfunding project. But it's for something that's a little different. First, tell us about a little bit about your rescue. Um, well, it's just basically finding horses in trouble and helping them um, from many different areas and hopefully bringing them back and trying to find wonderful homes. And then when I can, also sharing them with children that are wounded and in need because that circle is just absolutely amazing. And I'm blessed to be able to do it. Well, now I do know, too, that you've, uh, you've, you have adopted a few that have had professional careers in the past, and, and they're living out their life. By the, by the looks of your video, they're very fat and happy horses that you have there at the house. <laughs> yes. Murphy's Law was actually trained to become a pack ranger horse, and he got sick. He, could not, he couldn't swallow. He could not eat on his own. I set him with a syringe in a tube for months and months and months. No one told me that they don't usually get better, and I just kept thinking, we're just going to do this. You know, I didn't know that. So when he started to eat on his own almost a year later, it was like a miracle, and now he's fat. <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> of that love before. Of my life. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Have you heard of that, Helena? No. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Wow. Boy, that's dedication. That's dedication, darling. Yep. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm blessed that I could do it, and I'm blessed that he's well. You know, and we've had feeding two children come to meet him, which I think is just, he's just an inspiration. You know, don't ever give up. Hmm. And now he's living a fat, healthy, happy life? Exactly, exactly, yep. He's amazing. Where do you get 
some of your other horses? Where do they come from? Well, it can be anywhere from, um, you know, a lady hurt her back. She had too many horses, had to dramatically change her life, and that's how the Clydesdale came here. And then um, some have been abused, and it just um, some have been abandoned. I have one little mystery girl. She was abandoned in Dartmouth. No one claimed her, um, and she's just a little paint that's just amazing. And um, then I've got an Arabian that was blind. The gentleman got cancer, and I'd already known her and fallen in love with her, and she's just, uh, she's something else. She's just so inspirational as well. Now, do you try and rehome them, or do you keep them? Do they retire at your place? Um, some of them, yes, I would, I do try to find homes, and I've found some amazing homes where the families stay in touch, and it's just like the best of everything, you know, to bring them that full circle. And some of them, no, they, they do stay here. Like, um, the children that come here, I work with Hope Health and try to help kids. I would yell, they all gravitate to her, the blind horse. And it just seems like she makes such a difference for everyone that, um, I can't imagine ever living my life without her, you know. Some of them are just, they're my kids. Well, what do you know? Yeah. What do you, well, what's Copper Story? That's something new. Well, not necessarily new, but it's, it's a book and you have, some there's a series of children's books about rescue yes yes the first one we did was about murphy and then then i brought it around to luke which is the start of the rescue then the hooligans the minis and now copper was my first rescue and basically just trying to find myself asking god for direction and if sick horse comes to me after 20 years with no horses it was just amazing i loved every second of trying to take care of him and and uh so the books are we've given out a lot i've brought some to the hospitals i would love to ship the books to children in need, to children in need and um we sell them also because i make enough to buy a bale of hay with each book sale but this book i didn't i've had a lot of injuries on well ari had to have an eye out and different sicknesses here i knew the police horse needed some serious medicine the officer paid for that but he's on a second round of medicine. So in any case, we tried to do a kickstart for the third book, which is Copper Story, um, to see if we could get some help producing this book, and then um, hopefully I can donate a bunch of them to, to anyone I can help with that book. And you're looking for $1,800, and you've raised 400 at, at this point as we're recording this, so hopefully when, when it actually airs, you'll have raised more. When does the Kickstarter go to? It goes to September 14th. And now if people donate, will they get a copy of the book? Oh, absolutely. There's a whole list of different things for the de- depending on the amount that they'd like to um, donate. They also can call and come visit. Um, unfortunately, I lost Copper, but he was an old, old thoroughbred. He was in his 30s, which is very, uh, very rare. And um, I had six years with him, so that was amazing. He taught me an awful lot. But the book is, is very wonderful, and the illustrator and the writer are, are um wonderful and I'm just blessed to be able to do it. Well, we're pretty happy that you're doing this and that you're reaching out in so many different ways because of the children's book. You know, obviously you have the actual physical rescue and then you have a great presence on social media. Your website is well done and now you're reaching children and families. So, you know, the the fact that you're spreading out and reaching people at different levels and in different ways, I think is really going to make your campaign super um, effective. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right from the get-go, I realized just how much they give. You know, even if the horses are wounded, they still know someone else that needs them. And they just give. They're just so loving and amazing and smarter than people give them credit for. So for me, it's always been about completing that circle of love and giving. And the books, um, I'm trying to do some of that with the books and some of that with the programs that come here. So I live in a land that's just amazing. There's a trout hatchery here that's been in my family 101 years. I believe it to be healing here, and I always think, how did I ever get so lucky to be here? So I have to do whatever I can to it's, help um, the animals. It is too them. bad, Darlene, that horses don't eat fish, or you'd be in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I sell those fish. That turns the heat and the light. <laughs> good idea. fish do buy hay, don't they? <laughs> fish I know do they buy don't, hay. actually. They don't, actually. I am very blessed to get grants and have sponsors and help, and we do a ton of fundraising. We've got a September 14th, as a matter of fact, we have a family fun day coming up at Stevens Field in Plymouth from 1 to 5. And then we have a costume party in October. My website lists all of these things, but you have to continually do different fundraisers. To I go through 35000 at least $35,000 of hay a year. Whoa! 
Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, those big boys. Too. Boy, I could sell that. Those big, per, those big draft horses, they eat about a bale of hay each a day. So, uh, yeah, I know. And then poop out twice and that. And then poop out twice that. Yeah, That's pretty right. much, yeah. <laughs> well, Darlene, this uh, is great. We're going to post a link to your Kickstarter project. It's called Copper Story, a children's book. You can go to Kickstarter and find it there, or we'll post it on our Facebook and our website at StableScoop.com. Good luck with this. I hope you make it. I can't thank you enough, and it's so wonderful what you guys do, and I'm so proud and, and honored and grateful to be a part of it. Thank you so much. Well, there you go. Now, there's a lot of other projects out there, Helena. You can go to kickstarter.com or go to indiegogo.com, and we'll post links to all the ones that we talked about today in our show notes at, at Stable Scoop. But you can go there. Just search for horse. Just put horse in the search, and all the ones that are involving horses will come up. And you'll be surprised how many musical groups have horse in their I know. <laughs> I was surprised. I know. I know. Sometimes I use equine instead of horse, That's you know, where I'll do idea. horse and equine just to filter out those yeah. There's some kinky ones that came up with horse stuff. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. You need uh, to set your search filters to yeah. strict. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, you can check those out. See some of the others that are out there. This was just a sampling. This is, and and by the way, you can check every day, and they change. Uh, this they're they're new every day. It yeah. is kind of fun to see the weird, wacky things that are on there too that aren't horse related. There are some weird, wacky ones. Dude, you got way too much. Time I know. I just find these fascinating. Although you know what, you go looking for this happens to me all the time. You go looking for something, and then you, of course, you and I get easily distracted. <laughs> That's like, right. What's <laughs> we that? down that's, to the others. That's what and happens. That's that. And thank God for my browser's back button, or I would never know what it was I was working on before I got distracted. Let's do our Tack and Habit segment uh, right now. But first, before we get to Tack and Habit, your new show is like out out now. It's it's there. It's working. It's out out. Yeah. It's um, chasing a fox in a little black dress. Chasing a Fox radio show is now part of the Horse Radio Network. Yay. And my partner in crime, I know. My partner in crime, Sister Finn, and I um, are going to be she's covering She's not a nun, all- by the way, just clarifying that. She's what? Not a nun. She's not a nun. I call her Sister Finn. Well, you know what? One day we'll do a story on how she got the nickname Sister Finn, there where that go. came from. But rest assured, she is not a nun. <laughs> She's not a nun. No, I spent the so. weekend with her uh, when we were down at Ada. I know that for a fact. Yeah, no, yeah. she's not yeah. a nun. She can she can swear with the best of them. <laughs> so we're going to be covering um, all things fox hunting fashion, including proper hunt attire, what to wear during informal hunting, formal hunting, and all of the social events that go along with the fox hunting life, from cocktail parties to black tie events. We fox hunters are too busy, well, hunting. So who the heck has time to dress ourselves? And that's where Chasing a Fox comes in. Very good. And you can find it just by going to Horse Radio Network or chase. is it ChasingAFox.com? ChasingAFox.com. And it'll be on the apps. Uh, we're getting it on iTunes. It'll be on iTunes shortly in the next uh, week. And it'll also be on our apps uh, for the Horse Radio Network app. You can just, you'll be able to just go to our app and it'll be right there. And you can listen to it there as well. So that'll be coming up over the next week, too. It's going to be everywhere. It's proliferating. Proliferating. That's a word I've not had attributed <laughs> to anything I've done. But that's okay. I could have thought of some others. That was the biggest one I could come up with. I'm a, you considering you know, how much snot you have in your I head? I know. Right my head is falling off here. All right. Tag and have it. Okay. Sparkle & Boom is a new media marketing company. Our mission is to help small businesses add some sparkle to their marketing in order to get some boom in their bottom line. Our creativity, combined with an extensive background in the equestrian industry, makes us perfectly suited to help your business capture the potential of social media and the ever-changing World Wide Web. Visit us online at www.sparkleandboom.com. So today, on our, we're going to play a segment that we recorded over the weekend at Ada on a product that I have been using since we got it, and that's the Tipperary Equestrian Safety Sunglasses. I love these things, Helena. I have been using them nonstop. They're the most comfortable sunglasses I've had. They're very light. And they're good looking. It makes me look sexy. 
they're very light. (laughs) (laughs) They are. They're pretty chic. They make you look like you just got off your motorcycle. You know what I really like about them is they really do wrap around your eyes so that it cuts the dirt and dust from getting in your eyes. And uh, for drivers, that would be perfect. And it's been really dry and dusty here um, in the Northeast the last well, a couple of weeks. We've had just a few days of rain. And I had to mow my field the other day, yeah. which had lots of weeds and lots of dust. And I put my temporary sunglasses on. Uh, it was awesome. It was great. Usually my eyes are all red and, you know. I have contacts, too, and you have to worry about that when you're mowing the lawn and stuff, you know, getting yeah. all that dust and grime in there. And these were great. I mean, I can't say. Well, let's hear about them. Hi, Glenn here, and I'm with Coach Jen today for this Tack and Habit segment. We're at the American Equestrian Trade Association. Thanks to Hopper Expositions for bringing us in once again to highlight all the new products coming out on the market. Woohoo! And we found some cool, you know, sometimes it's the simple things that make us happy. And <laughs> it's always the simple things that make you happy. I know, <laughs> I know, it is true. Where I'm a horse husband, it's the simple things. Because we don't like our lives complicated in any way. But you know what? One of the simple things that we deal with every day is our sunglasses. And one of the things you have to worry about when you're riding is that you have safe sunglasses that aren't going to break and, and aren't going to cause you trouble. Yeah, those adorable, fashionable ones that you bought at the Walgreens drugstore probably aren't the best They're for probably riding. not the safest for no. riding. So tell us, we have uh, Caitlin here, who is with uh, Tipperary. And Caitlin, tell us about the, the sunglasses that you guys have, because I love them. Okay, well, the sunglasses that we are currently carrying, and we just launched them at Rolex this year, are a safety sunglass that um, is an equestrian standard of an EN166 safety sunglass. So they are shatterproof. So if you're riding in the ring, or if you're riding on the road, or if you're riding into a forest and you get a branch near your eye or a stone flying at your face... um, your eyes are really going to be protected from something that's shattering. Um, And they're also really, really easy to fit over anybody's face, and they stay on nice and snug. They're not going to fall off. That's what I liked about them is they're very comfortable. Yes, yes. They don't have the little funny nose pieces that always break off, which is nice. And they fit close to your face, which when you're riding, you know, the other thing these would be good for is banana spiders, because if you've ever been (laughs) hit in the face by a banana spider, it's awful. (laughs) We have that problem in Florida. So, and they're that big. They're the size of your hand, you know, and their spider webs uh, are sticky. So this would keep it out of your eyes. There's nothing worse than that. Well, these are banana spider proof. There, see, you add that to your marketing. I'm giving you that one for free. That's a bullet point right there. Yes, absolutely. And they've also got a really great curve to them around the uh, cheekbone. So if you're having some dust fly around you, it's not going to get into your eye from the lower part of the sunglass, which well, is great. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sides also have that same yeah. thing. Yes, so. yes. And I'm, I'm going to switch seasons here. Um, having spent a lot of time in Lexington, Kentucky, racing capital of America, that when you're out doing trot and gallop sets in the winter, oh yeah, these will be awesome because they're not so dark that you can't see under normal lighting conditions. Yes. And when it's sub-freaking zero outside and you're galloping horses, your eyes hurt. And these will be awesome because they, they come around your whole face and they protect your eyes from that cold wind. Yes, absolutely, awesome. yeah. And they've got a great rubberized... Uh, uh, rivet on the bottom where your ear sits, so they're less likely to slide forward. Is that is that what that's called? That that kind of yes. like alligator. I just thought bumpy? it was yeah. supposed to look cool. I, that's what I thought. Oh, it, was it too. totally looks cool, <laughs> but it has a purpose. <laughs> and also, they come in in a really awesome case that you yeah, could awesome potentially case, use for something else, but you definitely want to use it for these. The, yeah. the case would also double as a road stud holder. Road stud holder. Road yeah. studs will fit yeah. in there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Candy bars. <laughs> you know, a hoof pick, maybe? Yeah. Yes. A flask. <laughs> Twinkies. Yes. Twinkies will go in there. Sorry, it's all about the food with me. Yeah. So now these are in blue. I have blue ones here. Are there any other colors? or is uh, it? Not right now. Okay. Um, we're still kind of um, looking to see if we can get some better color um, options, but we wanted to stick with the blue because blue is the Tipperary Equestrian brand. So. That's and what where do these we want retail with. for? They actually retail at thirty nine ninety five. Actually, yeah, no, you'll pay a lot more than that for yeah. a good pair throw, of sunglasses. Throw, throw away those gnarly old, completely unscientific, invented in the eighteenth century jockey goggles you have, people, yeah. and get these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You know. Where can people find them? 
Uh, you can find them at any of our Tipperary Equestrian dealers, which you can, if you're searching for one of our dealers, you can go to our website and you can actually find a dealer there or you can purchase them directly off of our website. And very good. And the website is? It's www.phoenixperformance.com backslash Tipperary Equestrian. Very good. And we'll post a link to that in our show notes for today's show as well. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for stopping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so styling. <laughs> there's really nothing I, there's nothing even remotely not glowing that I could say about Tipperary. I know. I love them. We had a fun time with them over the weekend, too. Yeah, they're uh, just great stuff coming out of their their labs, <laughs> the temporary <laughs> labs. <laughs> That's it for Stable Scoop this week. Be sure to log on next Friday for another episode where we talk about who knows what, but it's sure to be fun and probably a little silly. For details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com where we post links, photos, and more information about today's guests. We always, always, always love your feedback. If it's hate mail, send it to Glenn at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> if it's fan mail, send it to me, Helena at horseradionetwork.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And we can't wrap any show without a huge thank you to our sponsors. This week, they are The Road to the Horse and Equisketch.com. That's it, Glenn. Did you survive? I survived. I got through the show. Without All being right. too disgusting for the listeners. Well, hey. listeners, if, if you're not that disgusted, make sure you go visit. It's surprising all... we don't get more hate mail. I know. I know. Me too. But we get enough. Like yeah. 20 years is plenty for me. My little heart can't take more than that. So if we haven't completely disgusted you, make sure you go to horseradionetwork.com to see all the great shows on the network. That's it for this week, Alita. All right. There'll be more next week. <laughs>